morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Rodeo Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Camry Rorta, and today you get me all by my lonesome. Um, I did have a really nice uh, idea for the podcast that somebody asked me to talk about transitions today, transitions between junior high and high school rodeo, high school and amateur rodeo, amateur and pro rodeo and college, and just all the different levels that we get to compete at. And those are really scary times and it's exciting and it's exhilarating and all of the emotions that come with it. And it can be hard to navigate because And I I don't think it matters what industry you're in, whether you're navigating the next level of basketball or a new organization or FFA or a new job or a new school or whatever it is. Transitions can be tricky and difficult and hard to navigate because everybody has their own systems. You get used to one organization or association's way and their rules and their processes. And then when you want to go to the next one, they have a whole different set of processes. So that can be tricky. The emotional side of it can be tricky when you're leveling up. Things change things get difficult, things get a little intimidating. So we are going to talk about all of that today. And I'm really excited for that topic because many of you are in a transitional phase, um, whether you are preparing to go to college or whether you are going from that junior high to high school or whatever it is, we're always transitioning in life and always looking to transition to the next thing. Like, and that's the fun in it is that we get to constantly challenge ourselves and grow and, and learn and That's what life is all about. But before we get started, I want to make sure to invite everybody to join the Rodeo Kids Ambassador Team this year. We have, it's an open slate so anybody can join. It does have a membership fee this year. Um, It did last year as well. And it's just an awesome opportunity. You know, if you think about the membership fees, either $14.99 a month or $149.99 a year, it's like two, maybe three entry fees. But guys, the things that you are going to learn during this Rodeo Kids Ambassador Team Year are going to take you much, much further than one or two entry fees. I promise you that. From talking about your your visions and following your purpose and your passions and um, what God has called you to do in this life and figuring out how to learn a little bit about finances and learning about jobs and opportunities in the industry, creating connections with people throughout the industry who are here to help you and guide you. To build that network is such a cool opportunity and you're going to have lots of those. You're going to get to be a part of a team, a team of other youth who want to grow, who want to get better. And like we all know you are a combination of the people that you surround yourself with. So as a Rodeo Kids ambassador, you get to surround yourself with people who are striving, who are growing, who have a desire to get better and to learn. And that's what we're looking for in life, you know, is those kinds of people. Plus we are Christians, you know, we are we have that foundation and um, we talk about God and how he can come into our life and the, the difference that he can make for us. So it's really fun uh, to learn about that and to see the kids grow. And you'll get to incorporate other people outside of the ambassador team as well and build your social skills and you're going to get to build your resume. So many people want sponsorships right now and, and scholarships and they want, they want, they want. But this team will prepare you to be an asset to whoever is sponsoring you. You're going to get to build that resume and understand what it takes to be endorsed by a company so that as you move on, 
in life and as you continue to grow, whether it's in the rodeo arena or not, you're going to have a set of skills and some knowledge and some wisdom about the industry and what it takes that you wouldn't have otherwise. So our goal at Rodeo Kids and the ambassador team is to prepare you outside of the arena so that you can be better inside the arena as a competitor, as a person, just as a well-rounded human being and to give back to others and of course to glorify God because we love the good Lord. So you can head on over to rodeokids.com backslash join now, and you can find all the information about that. Fill out your profile. We are going to officially start the team on February 1st, so you can still sign up throughout the year. If you're a little late, that's okay. Um, the program is set up month by month. We'll have some pop-up challenges and just some really cool things. You're going to have the opportunity to be um, in a couple different podcasts if you want to, Zooms, and just all kinds of stuff that... Uh, you wouldn't have the opportunity to otherwise. Uh, before we get started on our topic of transitioning, I wanted to share a few of the things that the Rodeo Kids ambassadors from last year talked about with what they felt the Rodeo Kids ambassador team brought to them. This is what they had to say. Being an ambassador helped me build my social skills and the confidence to talk to people I don't know. Rodeo Kids ambassadors learn leadership skills that apply to what we love doing. It's so much easier to have that excitement and channel your leadership skills when it applies to things that you enjoy in life. Having a team that counted on me made me work on my accountability and time management. That is an essential life skill that um, some of us tend to struggle with. So for, if that's you, come on over. We'd love to have you. I gained the confidence to share with others and that my voice matters too. The podcasts and videos were challenging, but I once I got the hang of it, it was really fun. And I like being a Rodeo Kids ambassador because I get to share my love of God and help others along the way. Those are some pretty good reasons to want to join. Those are all things that we're going to continue to do and grow on and to help you guys continue to learn those skills. Build your resumes, your skills, and just to help you become a more well-rounded person. And we're going to have fun while we do it too. So head on over to rodeokids.com backslash join now. Now let's get started talking about the transitions in life in rodeo. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Rodeo Kids podcast. We are so excited that you're here. We hope that you had a chance to listen to last week's podcast with Heidi Foy, which was full of so much rich content. She is doing some awesome things. Uh, for college rodeo recruiting for the students and for the coaches. And so we definitely encourage you, if you haven't listened to it yet, please listen to it. And if you are wanting to be recruited and get that kind of assistance and guidance and that network built up so that coaches can find you and you can find coaches and um, just help you build that uh, recruit me resume and those videos and all of the stuff that goes along with being recruited for college rodeo and picking the right 
school first and then rodeo team for you, head on over to rodeokids.com backslash college rodeo to learn all about what she has going on. Join her program and get started on your college rodeo recruiting journey or get started on the next level of your college rodeo recruiting journey. As I talked about earlier, today's podcast is about transitions. And the first thing that I want to make perfectly clear is that transitions aren't easy. There is no shortcut. There is no secret weapon or passageway that you get to use that makes a transition super easy. Like life is full of them and it's just going to get muddy in between. Anytime that you're navigating something new, it's going to be a little complicated. You're not going to be able to find a video on YouTube to get you through it. I mean, you might be able to find some to help you get through the steps of it, but it's just going to be hard. There are things in life that are just tricky. And that's one thing that, you know, is bittersweet right now about the world that we live in with all the technology and everything at our fingertips and things happening so fast all the time is that it can be to where when things don't happen right away or when we don't understand things instantly or we can't find an answer right away, we get impatient, uncomfortable, and it just gets really frustrating for us and we want to give up before we even get started. But I don't want you guys to do that. Today, I'm going to give you some tips to help you navigate those transitions. But again, I'm not going to say that they're going to be easy because as I said in the beginning, um, that everything in in rodeo, I think can be extra complicated, um, probably a lot of youth type related things uh, because of the fact that there's so many volunteers and the turnover in help and who's in charge happens so frequently. So processes are constantly changing with whoever's coming in to be the management or the board or um, who's kind of in control is constantly changing, um, especially on your, again, your youth association and organization on the local and state level for volunteer-led stuff. So that can make it kind of complicated and tricky when, you know, every four years your kids are in high school and then they're transitioning out and then the next parents are stepping up or whoever's in in that role. Um, so that makes it kind of complicated and In those situations, if you're thinking, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense because, you know, my kids are going to be done with high school soon or with junior high soon, and I'm leaving that organization because it no longer applies to me. Um, And so then the next person's going to step in. And so the first thing that I want uh, to point out is to have grace, have grace for the people who are in charge, especially for those organizations that are constantly changing um, and that are full of volunteers who are doing stuff after their full-time job, after taking care of their family, after achieving their goals, and then they're signing up for this extra. Um, Have some grace for them, first and foremost. Don't expect instant gratification, instant answers. Like, it, it might take them a while. And so have grace for that. And also have grace for yourself in the process of not understanding. Again, like I just said a little bit ago, it can get really confusing and frustrating sometimes. And in our world where it's at your fingertips, we can get down on ourselves like, oh, I just can't figure this out. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I just, I don't even want to do this anymore. You know, sometimes that's how we feel about it. Well, have grace for yourself because anything new takes time to learn. Any new process, any new application, anything, it just takes time. So take a deep breath, 
turn your obstacles into opportunities, turn your challenges into um, courses that are fun and just try to keep it light and don't be too hard on yourself because you're probably not the only one struggling. Next point that I want to make is just communicate. Our, again, we're, we're kind of in a world right now where communication is tricky. You know, we you try to communicate via the mail, and I know at least in our neck of the woods, the mail service is crazy right now. We only get our mail maybe once every other day. Sometimes it's five days, sometimes it's six. So mailing things right now can be really tricky. So then we turn to email and email is like, oh, that's a nightmare too. You know, everything is just, there's so many different ways to communicate. Before it was you get your application, yes, put a stamp on it, you send it in, they get the application. And that was your only option. And then we switched to online stuff and now we're emailing and now we've got social media. We've got all of this kind of stuff. So um, communicating with people via phone call where you can hear their voice and you've actually talked to the person that you need to talk to or you've initiated a phone call and somebody has returned your phone call with the next person to talk to. But when we actually talk to real people and hear their voice, it will make a huge difference. Um, so I just want to encourage you, yes, everybody's busy and some people prefer other ways of communication, but in my opinion, I would say if you have a question, if you are uncertain about something, or if you're trying to figure out how to navigate a new association or organization or transition into that next thing, call the phone number listed and call them again. Don't just call them once if they don't answer and hang up. Call, leave a voicemail. If they don't get back to you, again, have grace for people. They're busy. Um, call again. It's not the end of the world if you call a couple times and um, it will be fine. And if they don't get back to you right away, it's okay. That doesn't mean that they don't care. It doesn't mean that they aren't concerned. It doesn't mean that they don't want to help you. It just means that for whatever reason, they didn't get to it. Maybe they're not people who check their voicemail a lot. There's so many spam people. Um, that's where coming in and making sure that you leave a voicemail as well um, because there's so many spammers out there that a lot of people don't answer their phone unless they know the phone number. So leave that voicemail so they can go back and say, oh, that was a real human. And then they can check it. Possibly send a text message too if you know it's a cell phone or send an email as well. Like If you want to be involved in an organization or an association, it's up to you to make sure that you get involved. It's not up to them. It's up to you. So just make sure that you are taking the steps that it takes to make it happen. Prior to making those phone calls, Make sure that you've done your own research. Make sure that you've gone on to Google and checked out to see um, what that organization's website is or whatever it is you're getting involved in. Check out and find their website. Read their rule book. Look for, actually take the time to look for the application and the membership and all of that. Get, spend at least a half hour searching for the answers, maybe an hour. Search for your own answers first. Right now, again, if we go back to we want things at our fingertips and we want to know things right now, and if we can't find it instantly, we just quit and call and throw a fit. Well, don't do that. Take the time. Do a little research. Again, things are changing. People are constantly um, switching things up. And so it might take you a minute to find it, 
But if you can't find it, write down your questions so that you know what questions that you have once you get that person on the phone, once you send that email or that text message so that you can be specific in what it is you're looking for and they can give you a direct answer. So say you're looking for the membership form. Go to the website. If they don't have the website, go to the Facebook page. For people who are involved in leadership or in leadership roles, I guess we can call them, um, in these associations and organizations, please, if you can at all, afford it um, or create a free website or something, just something simple where you can put all of your information. Because just like last, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for um, our state high school rodeo associations, uh, the, the dates for their rodeos. And I went on the website and it wasn't posted on the website. So I went on the Facebook page and I scrolled for a little bit. I looked at their highlights and I couldn't find them. And so I sent a message to the secretary. She's like, oh, they're posted on our on our Facebook page. And I said, well, I'm on your Facebook page and I couldn't find them. Well, this is January and the last time they were posted was August. And I was going to have to scroll through all of those posts on Facebook to find those dates. Well, that is not very good customer service, um, you know, for the people who are interested in joining your association and your organization and making sure that they don't overlap events and stuff like that. So if you do have a website, try to utilize it, especially if you're wanting to get new members um, or you're just wanting to make information easily accessible. A website is specific to you. You can make sure that the stuff that needs to pop up on the front page pops up on the front page and you don't have to scroll through a million things to find the one thing that you're looking for. Um, Facebook, social media, Instagram, it's all great places to write things in the moment, but it's not a great place to store information that's going to need to be found for a length of time. So that's just a recommendation um, to make sure that, that you have that available on a website, or if you are strictly using Facebook, pin it to the top of the page all the time. Also, if you're using Facebook, make sure that you're the when you type in www.com.facebook.com backslash, and then you get to fill in whatever that is, make sure that your association's name is probably spelled out more than abbreviated. For instance, if you just put Facebook.com backslash IHSRA. Well, you've got Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Idaho. So there's four states right there that start with I that are all IHSRA in their own light, you know, or to somebody who's researching it for the first time, that's what they're thinking. It's, you know, if they're from Indiana, but they're trying to, but they type in IHSRA, they might get Idaho's page and they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And so just make sure that you are making it easy for people who aren't involved in your organization to find you. So you can change that handle um, on your settings on Facebook and Instagram if that's what you're using. But keep it simple for the people who are using it. For the people who are trying to get involved in your organization, um, those who are the ones who are making that transition, look for multiple different ways. You know, when you're Googling it, Maybe put in the abbreviation instead of spelling out the state's name, because if that's all that they use, it might not pop up in your Google search. Um, so just be creative and think outside the box when you're trying to find this kind of stuff. First and foremost, do your research first. Write down your questions. 
and then make the call or the contact or however you choose to communicate with that association or organization. Have your questions spelled out so that you can get right to the point and you know what you're looking for. The next thing I would recommend for somebody who's in a transitional phase is to find somebody who can mentor you through that process. So if you are sending that email for the first time, you might say, hey, we're new to this. Do you have somebody who would be willing to be a point of contact for us to ask questions? Because a secretary of the association is probably going to get your first initial email or phone call or text message, but they're getting everybody else's as well. So you might add in your questions, hey, is there a family member? Is there a member? Is there, um, you know, your student board or your director? I'm in the calf roping. Is there a, a calf roping director in the Great Lakes circuit that I could call to ask questions to help guide me through the process and the things that I need to know. Um, creating a point of contact that can be a middleman, somebody who's really willing to help you dive in that isn't the person who's helping everybody dive in all the time can be so important, whether it's, you know, again, at your local junior fun show level, or if you're looking to pro rodeo, find that person who can mentor you. And you might go through a couple different people to find that person who's going to stick with you for a while. Um, but just keep an open mind and keep making those connections until you find someone who can answer those questions and make sure that you know the rules, you know when to enter, how to enter. Maybe you can ask that person once you've got that connection of this mentor to say, hey, since I am new to this, like I'm, I'm trying, can you help me set up, you know, the first five rodeos that I need to enter and help me find when it is that I need to enter them and just create a buddy system where you guys can communicate back and forth and they can teach you what you're looking for. Now, here's the trick in that the, the key word in what I just said is they're going to teach you. Don't expect them to continue doing it for you. When somebody's teaching you something, you need to be learning something. Um, that's the other half of that. So don't just take advantage of them and ask them to start doing everything for you because that will not last very long. So make sure that you're learning, that you're taking notes, and that you're really absorbing that information that they're giving you as you are making that transition. Also, you can ask, you know, if if the person that you get connected with to mentor you isn't directly in your area, you might ask, hey, do you know anybody who lives close to me? Um, especially when it comes to like pro rodeo and the rodeos get pretty spread out. You know, we're in the Great Lakes circuit and there's rodeos across nine states. I think we have the biggest circuit um, in the United States. And so there's a lot of travel included in finding somebody that you can travel with to split fuel and to buddy with and um, just all the expenses that go with being on the road and just having a nice travel buddy is really nice. Um, so asking that, creating those connections, getting somebody that you can travel with, especially when you're looking for those people, I highly recommend finding somebody who's been there, done that so that you're not trying to navigate it with somebody else who's trying to navigate it for the first time. Well, that can be really fun. You're going to get a lot further, a lot faster by joining somebody who's already been there for a year or two, been there, done that, has the experience, has the right mindset and knows 
how to navigate each rodeo, where to park, where the secretary's at, what is expected of the contestants there. You know, some places have autograph signings and some rodeos start earlier and knowing, kind of having an idea where the slack is at. And some rodeos are really big and finding the trailer that the secretary's in before the rodeo when she's not in the crow's nest to pay your entry fees If you don't know what you're doing, that can take a while. And even knowing where to go into the arena, a lot of arenas, uh, especially at the professional level that they're getting a lot of fans and stuff, the arena area itself is fenced off. And there's a specific place for contestants to go in. There's a specific place for contestants to park. And having somebody to say, nope, you want to park in this corner over here so you're closest to the fence. And also knowing the flow of traffic at night, knowing at the end of the night, this rodeo, they have a huge band afterwards and it gets wild and crazy. So we don't want to build pens at this rodeo. We want to make sure to go to the next rodeo and get set up there. I had had that happen one time in Clear Lake, South Dakota. Um, I was hauling with the lady who had been there, done that for sure. And, and we got there and she said, we want to make sure we get out of this place as soon as possible because it turns into a wild and rowdy party and they will do crazy things. And they're having a really good time, but for professional rodeo contestants who really care about our horses and we like to have them penned up. And when you've got a bunch of people being crazy and wild, they'll, you know, and you're using electric fence pens or your horses are tied up next to your trailer, they can get spooked. They can take off. They can run through fences, you know, all of those things. And if you can avoid that happening, those are the little things that the experienced people can teach you um, to know when you want to stay, when you want to go. They'll also be able to tell you if that place has a facility or has facilities for overnight stalling um, that maybe you want to look into beforehand that if you've never been there, you don't know that stuff. And it's just reading through all of it the first time can just be so overwhelming, you know, and it, again, it doesn't matter what you're in. It can just be overwhelming. So Definitely having that person to take you by the hand, guide you through it, who's been there, done that, is really helpful. Next thing is a big one. The next thing is going to be probably the most important thing that you can do to prepare yourself to transition into the next level at a new place, a new association, a new organization. And it is to read the rule book. If it is an association that doesn't have their own rule book, know what rule book they are a that they are using. For instance, if I'm at a rodeo, an amateur rodeo, or even a jackpot, and it's a breakaway jackpot or a tie-down jackpot or whatever, we'll just use that for an example. And since it's a jackpot, they probably don't have their own set of rules, but they're going to reference, say, the United Rodeo Association's rule book. So their barriers will be set based on what that rule says. They're going to draw based on what that rule book says. So if we have a discrepancy, I can say, nope, I know those rules. That's Let's talk about this with the judge um, or how the barrels are supposed to be set or any of that kind of stuff. Know what rule book they are using and then know the rules in that rule book. It is your responsibility as a contestant to know the rules. It is not your parents' responsibility. They are not the ones in the arena. They are not the ones who can contest the call. That is the contestant's responsibility to contest a call to know the rules. Now, parents, you should also know the rules so that you can make sure that 
your kids are educated and that they understand it because there are a lot of rules because a lot of different scenarios have come up over the however many years rodeo has been happening. Um, So you definitely want to know that, but it is your child's responsibility and it is your responsibility to parents. It's the parent's responsibility to make sure the kids know. It's not the judge's responsibility. It's not the association's responsibility. It is your individual responsibility to make sure that your family, that the contestant understands the rules. Um, That's one of the biggest things I see right now in in complaints from a producer's side when it comes to youth events is overbearing parents. Um, So don't be that person. Now, if you have a valid call, a a valid question, a, a, a valid something that happened that you need to confront the judge or ask the judge, be kind. Guys, they're humans. They're not robots. They're not. They're doing things in the moment as best they can, especially at the youth level. A lot of them are volunteers or they're not getting paid very much and they have hundreds of calls to make. You are focused on the one to five or six calls that that judge makes for your child per child. So say you've got four kids, you know, which most families don't have that many, but if you've got four kids and they're in three events a piece, well, then yeah, you've got a lot of runs to pay attention to, but can you imagine how many runs that judge has to make a call on every single, like he has to be on the spot every single run of the day, not just for your kids. So he or she might make a mistake. So have some grace and be kind about it. You're going to get a lot further in life by being kind to the judges. When you want to contest a call, just say, hey, you know, make it, address it quickly. Address it right after your run. Don't wait and go back to the trailer and talk about it. Or don't let Sally and Susie and Bobby and Billy come over to your trailer and say, hey, that judge fouled your kid. Or you should have contested that call. No, know your rule book. After you get done competing and something happened, go directly to the judge or the student director or whoever it is depending on that association's rule book and contest your call in the moment. Um, Don't wait because if you wait, that's on you. That's not on them. That guy's got to go on because he's got 500 other runs at that youth rodeo that day that his focus is done past your run. Like he's over it and he's moving on to the next one, he or she. So make sure that you do that in the moment and just be responsible for the rules When you're at a new facility, um, most of the time, depending on the association, but all associations should hopefully have their ground rules posted so you know what that specific facility, what their rules are when it comes to different aspects, when it comes to plugging in, when it comes to tying out overnight, when it comes to utilizing the arena before or after the arena. I mean, Um, some facilities are going to have different rules that pertain to the jerk down rule and things like that, that, um, you know, even if you're using your association at this facility, we do not condone jerk downs. Um, so, you know, you might have to look into that specifically once you know the rule book, then each time you go somewhere new until you're familiar with it, look at those ground rules. Lot of rule books are now online um, and that can be kind of frustrating because it's harder to have with you in the moment. So that goes back to making sure that you know somebody 
who has been with the organization or who's been a contestant for a while because they might have a hard copy. You can often also ask for a hard copy if you need one. If you're not a, a screen reader kind of person, sometimes they'll charge you for one now. Uh, but most organizations will provide you with one if you ask. Or you can go to your local library and print off the parts that apply to you um, or just print off the whole the whole rule book. Um, I think it's kind of silly that we have all these rules now and that we won't provide them to the contestants by printing them off. I think that's personally, I feel like that should be part of when we pay our membership fees, it goes towards printing those rule books. I know they cost a little bit, but then you eliminate a lot of the excuses of people being able to say, well, I didn't have a rule book or I didn't know the rules. Well, if you can hand them a hard copy, you could say, nope, I know for a fact you got one in your membership packet. Um, so that's kind of something for those of you who have memberships to consider uh, that you probably can eliminate problems. Sure, the cost is going to be there, but the cost should be covered by the membership anyway. Um, just my opinion. So take that or leave that. So those are just a few of the things that come to mind. Um just about like the the transition, the mechanics of the transition and things to think about. And and there is a lot, you know, there's a, a lot that goes into it. And like we said in the beginning, every association is different. Everyone has a new set of rules, a new process. And so just taking the time to learn that, getting involved in plenty of time, giving yourself, you know, if you know you're going to join this association, give yourself at least a month in advance to learn the ins and outs of it, to make those connections rather than scrambling to the last minute. Now you're trying to enter the rodeo. You don't have your membership. You don't know the rules. Well, that's on you to not have been prepared. <laughs> so take responsibility for your part in making sure that you are prepared, that you've done your due diligence before you get started. Let's talk a little bit about the mental side of transitioning and the competitive side of transitioning into the next level with your rodeo events. Okay, one of the big questions is when? When should I do it? You should do it when you are complacent where you're at, when you're comfortable where you're at and you know you can offer more. Another time to do it is when you know that you have more to offer, you've seen yourself do better, but it's there's just something inside of you. You've got that pull that says gosh, I just need to be around people who are at a higher level than me. Um, that is a good time to jump. There are people who jump way too early, you know, and you you jump into a pool and you haven't had enough rides or enough runs or your horse isn't experienced enough and um, you get your confidence beat down. So you want to make sure that you're at a, at a place in the association or at the level that you're at where you are performing at least in the middle to above, in average to above average, um, where you are at. And I say that because I think there are times, you know, in my experience in my personal life, there are times that I was competing average at the level, the more amateur level that I was at because of who and the, the kind of competition that I was surrounded with. I wasn't leveling up. But as soon as I got my card and started to pro rodeo, while I was not necessarily winning everything, some people wait until they're winning everything at the amateur level to get their card. Well, I wasn't winning everything at the amateur level, but I knew that I had more in me. I knew that my horse was talented enough and I knew 
I had that gut feeling that like, I just need to get to the next level because the other thing about getting to the next level and putting yourself into that position is that there's usually a little bit better production, a little bit better ground or a lot sometimes depending on, and, and there's some great amateur radios. I'm not, I'm definitely not knocking, um, the amateur associations in any way, shape or form. They have their purpose. There's horses that really excel there, but knowing that there were better amenities and it was just a more professional level, um, I just knew I needed to make the jump. And so even though I wasn't winning everything at the amateur level, I bought my permit and I started to pro rodeo. Um, I also did that while I was in college. And in college, I did not excel great as a college rodeo athlete, specifically like in the breakaway roping. You know, I could come home during the summer and I would catch, you know, I'd make it to the, to our amateur rodeo finals. I'd catch a lot. I'd get my confidence back. I'd be on a roll. And I would go to those dang college rodeos. And I just could not get my head in the right space when it came to breakaway. Goat tying, I was a good goat tire. I placed, you know, I was really happy with how I placed consistently there. I was in the top six or seven in the region the three years that I college rodeoed. Um, didn't make it to the college finals based on my own choices, and I take full responsibility for that. Um, but when it came to barrel racing, I didn't have the the horsepower at the time. But when I did get it, I think I only made one short go in the barrel racing um, in the, the time frame that I had the horse that I ended up pro rodeoing on. And I did very well in the pro rodeos on a couple of different horses um, when I was running barrels. And the breakaway, like I said, I could I could come home and do well all the time. But it was just something about that. But you can't let that stuff stop you from excelling. You get to take those things and you get to look at them and you get to work on your mental game and you get to tweak it and you get to learn and you get to grow and you get to say, what am I focusing on? And but if I would have waited at the amateur association until I won everything, then I would still be sitting here, never had my permit, never fulfilled my card, never won a pro rodeo, never would have that confidence to go back and do it again. So there's sometimes that you just have to make that jump. Should you be doing well enough that you're catching consistently, that you are making clean runs and that things aren't just all in shambles, probably, you know, that's, it's a, it's a very expensive game to play if you don't at least have your ducks somewhat in a row. Um, and that you aren't, you, you want to at least be performing to a level of consistency where you're growing before you make those jumps in those transitions, but don't stop yourself because you're not at the very top at the level that you're at. Um, because you might get around those other people and just, Monkey see, monkey do. All of a sudden, get better. Here's another example. Um, I was team roping a lot at home, and it was in the middle of the winter. And like you know, I'd catch. I, I'd say I'd had like a fifty to sixty percent catch percentage in the practice pen. Maybe not even that good. Like I was doing enough that I was I was having fun with it. I was turning some steers, and I was enjoying it. But I, I it wasn't impressive. You know, I knew I could do better, but I just wasn't sure what to do or how to get better. Um, and then I went to Arizona for two weeks. And in two weeks in Arizona, I missed, I think, three steers, four steers on the head side in the two weeks that I was there. I only entered one jackpot, but the one jackpot that I entered was, uh, there were over 220 people entered. 
And I caught all five of my steers and made it back to the short go on a horse that had only been entered in two jackpots prior. But I was surrounded by people all day, every day who were roping, who were professionals, who were willing to help me, who were patient with me. And they had just a different mentality than the few people that I practiced with for the last 10 years, 20 years at home all the time. And there's nothing wrong with the people that I practice with at home at all. Like they're great people. They're good people, but they're not at the level that these guys were. They don't have the experience and they don't know how to help me in the way that these guys did. And a lot of it was just watching them, not even things that they said. Like, I mean, it wasn't like I was in a 24-7 clinic, but I was just surrounded by people who had mastered the art of heading steers and healing steers. And I mean, it was just amazing how it all came together. So that's another example of when you get to the next level and who you surround yourself with as you're making those transitions, making sure that you're not transitioning with the people who are subpar or whose mental game sucks and you know it, or who you know are dragging you down, even if they're really talented, but they're just not willing to take the step or they're always making excuses or anything like that. Those people are not going to help you make that transition in life most importantly, and definitely not in the rodeo or the competition arena. So making sure that you get yourself around people when you make those transitions who are a little bit better than you, who are willing to help you, who are calm and patient and who have worked on their mental game and mastered it and um, who don't throw a fit all the time, you know, and, and just who focus and who act like professionals. And it will make a huge difference. You know, if you're hanging out with the older kids, just maybe just a year or two older than you, that's great. Or maybe you've got a kid, maybe you're a first generation cowboy or cowgirl and you've got some younger friends, but their family's been in it forever and they're willing to help you and guide you. Go hang out with those people. Don't stay where you're at because you're comfortable because your friends right here are also first-generation cowboys and cowgirls, and they've never done it before. And so you get your little clan of, well, we've never done it before, and we let that be our excuse. Invite those people to go with you and to hang out with the people who have done it before. Talk to the parents. Talk to the older ones. Maybe maybe the kids aren't super friendly, or maybe they're just a tight-knit family. But that's okay. Just go say, hey, can I rope with you guys a little bit? Can I can I do this? And don't expect him to do it all the time and just give up everything and, and hang out with you 24-7. But if you're willing to learn and watch and observe and ask a question here and there, that will make your transition way more fun and you will excel faster than what you ever expected. And I'd like to go back to kind of what I said in the very beginning again, that it is not going to be easy. If you think that you are going to get spoon fed through a transition period and that everybody's just going to bend over backwards for you and that it's going to be super easy and that when you get frustrated that they're just going to spell it out for you and voila, you're going to be at the top of your game, ain't going to happen. Not in anything you do in life will it happen that way. And if it, you maybe squeak into a situation where one thing's simpler than the next, the good Lord is leading you towards a light to say, 
this is your path. Keep walking in it. But there will be bumps in the road. I promise you that. Um, so just don't expect things to get handed to you. Be willing to put in the work and the time. Do it behind the scenes. Don't just show up at the rodeo and then all of a sudden expect everybody to teach you everything and help you with everything and all of that. Be working at it. You know, be observing when you're sitting in the stands like, parents, I want your kids to be able to go play and have fun and do all of the things. Like, this is supposed to be fun. But for those of you who are growing up and who are wanting to get better, when you are watching, watch those kids, watch those competitors, watch the pros, watch the people who are better than you. See what they do. See how they talk, how they walk, how they practice, how they prepare. Just observe. Be an observer of what you think, wow, that really worked for them. I can see that that's a good thing to add. And you can also be like, ooh, I'm not watching that kid anymore. I am not going to be jerking on my horse like that. That's that's not going to work for me. Um, so just be an observer and then pick out those people who you really want to watch. When it comes to barrel racing, the things that I have learned to really focus on is to watch. When, when I hear the people whose name come up who are consistently in the 1D, those are the people that I watch. And I, I watch their technique. You know, I really observe what they're doing. How are their horses acting? When I see them back in the stalls and in the alleys and all of that kind of stuff, what are the things that I pick up on them doing that the other people aren't doing? Now, can I still watch other people's runs and and cheer for them and, and want to be around them and still be friends with them? 100%. But you have to pick and choose how much you're taking in of that run. Are you just watching it to watch it for that person? Or are you watching it to pick up on the little things that you do and don't want to do? And you've got to be careful that you don't surround yourself or or f- overly focus on bad run after bad run after bad run after bad run because your brain is going to have a hard time separating what that person's doing. And when you get on your horse the next time, you will pick up on the same things um, that of the runs that you're watching. So if you really hone in and focus on the people that are 1D, that are winning, that are, or that are a level ahead of you. If you're 5D, maybe you're watching the 3D. Um, And then, you know, practicing that kind of stuff and still cheering for your friends, but just making that division, that mental division in your head to say, okay, I'm focusing on this person. I'm cheering for this person. Um, And just kind of knowing the difference in that, I think can definitely make a big difference in how your performance works in the future. Now for the last and most important thing in all of this is no matter if you are five years old or you're 50 years old or you're anywhere in between or above or below, or if you're a parent, the number one thing is to let God lead. Let him lead you through it. Focus on what you need to do. Focus on what he tells you you need to do. Focus on the calling that he has placed on your heart. If you have that gut feeling, that God feeling, I say that gut is just a different three-letter word that's more universally acceptable um, amongst all religions. But if you have that feeling deep down in your gut that says, it's time, it's time, you can do this. I am guiding you into the next level make the jump, make the decision. I just listened to something this morning that said one of the things that holds more people back than anything has nothing to do 
with anger, frustration, or stress, or anything. It's just unmade decisions. If God is saying, I've got your back, I'm ready for you to take this step, I'm here with you, let's do it, then you got to walk in that path, and then you have to trust him and keep moving forward when it gets hard, when it gets tough, and you want to quit, you got to get down on your hands and knees and pray and say, do I still have that burning desire in my heart? God, is this still what you want me to do? Deep down in there is that when you pray about it, does that fire just ignite in you again to say, yes, keep going, keep going, then that's what you have to follow. Now, if you're going down a path and you're you're making those prayers and you're saying those prayers and he's saying, but you got to go back to the basics. You got to go back to the a different level for a minute like we're we're on a fast track that's not what I'm asking you to do you might need to slow down you might need to change or if you're forcing things and he says you need to take a break like you're exhausting yourself you're exhausting your money you're doing it for the wrong reasons you're focused on the worldly prizes then you need to take that step back and let god be back in the lead we are in a time right now we are in a world that is so focused on worldly prizes and you see it over and over again that it's about the buckles and it's about the money and it's about how fancy the horse is and how quick my kid gets to the top or how quick I get to the top. You see kids out there who don't know the difference between $5 and $500 or $5,000 running for $50,000 and that kid is just as happy with a ribbon or $5 as they are a 5000 Is God in the lead when you're putting yourself or your kids in that situation? I am in no way, shape, or form the one to make that judgment call. But they are questions that I think need to be addressed because I think more often than not, we're doing it for the worldly prizes right now instead of for the lesson. And I'm going to just got to say, if you're in a situation where you're just as happy with a ribbon and you can build those skills at a ribbon level because you're only paying two to five dollars per class, but you're still building skills and you're still growing. And maybe you're going from your local fun shows to your um, local junior rodeo associations. Stay there until, you know, if your kid's having just as much fun, don't go spending all your money breaking the bank into where you can't send them to college because you've you pursued a dream that your kid doesn't really even care about because they're happy with their ribbons and their friends and hanging out close to home where they're not driving all over the country and they're learning just as much about community and family and God is present there and you're doing things because God is leading you, then it's okay to stay in that spot. Now, if God's leading you to say, hey, you you guys are on the fast track. I've got something in store for you. When you get there, I need you to spread this message. I need you to use this kid to be my story, to be my vessel. Your family is my vessel to spread my love and my my story at this level. That's fine. That's go for it. Like I, I by all means. But there's not very often in those stories that you hear God is in the lead and that we're doing it for his glory and not just for the worldly prizes. And I can promise you when you are making those transitions and you are letting God lead and you are putting him first, that he will open doors. He will make things happen that you never would have expected. When you focus on, when you get to that rodeo, and this is one thing that I really had to learn the hard way because I have definitely been down the road of doing things for the worldly prizes and the trophies. And the buckles and the saddles and all of that. And don't get me wrong. I like to win 
some swag. Like, it's awesome. I'm not saying that winning is bad in any way, shape, or form. But what I'm saying is winning for the wrong reasons is and putting pressure where on yourself and on your children in ways that say, if you don't win, blah, blah, blah. If you don't, blah, blah, blah. And we're not putting God first and we're not bringing people together. Rodeo is our vessel. When you are making that transition, what is that going to do to build your relationship with God? How are you going to build God's kingdom with the glory that he's giving you, with the opportunity he's blessing you with? What are you going to do with that opportunity? Sure, you're going to compete for the longest any rodeo event lasts in general is a maximum of 30 seconds. From the time that you enter the arena to the time that you get done competing is usually a max of 60 seconds. And that includes backing in the box, nodding, taking your ropes off and everything. That includes getting down in the chute, nodding your head and riding the bull for eight seconds. You know, most of it, your time in the arena to shine is one minute. What are you going to do? Say it takes you a half hour or 45 minutes. We'll even give you an hour. Uh, no, an hour is too long. If you're focused on it for a complete hour, you've probably, you probably got your mind exhausted and um, that's a whole different subject. But if it takes you a half hour to warm up your body, warm up your horse and make that run and 15 minutes to cool out and all of that. Okay. We'll give you an hour, 45 minutes to an hour to do all of this. What are you doing with the other 23 hours in that day? What are you doing with the other two hours that you're at that rodeo? What are you doing before and after you compete when you're waiting to make your run or your ride? Are you spreading the good word of God in that time? Are you being kind to people? Are you smiling and enjoying it and being thankful and grateful for this opportunity? Are you spreading God's love, building his community and letting him take care of the results? Or are you putting so much pressure on yourself that you don't even enjoy enjoy it, that you can't be kind to other people? Because if you do, you're going to get in trouble for not being focused. Um, You know, just those things. There's just so much that goes into it. And again, every scenario is different. And there is definitely time to take your step back and say, sorry, guys, I can't talk right now. It's my five minutes before I run. I got to get focused. You know, there's a hundred percent. There's that kind of stuff. But the point is, what are you putting all of your focus on that one run and winning that one prize that is going to go on the shelf and get dusty? Or are you focused on letting God take care of the results and you making sure that you're doing God's work while you're there. When you are doing that, he will guide you through those transitions. He will guide you through those muddy muddy seasons. He will show you over and over again that there is so much more to this than that prize, than that money, than that belt buckle, than that trophy. That when you open your eyes and you let him lead and you look for opportunities to bless others, with the blessing that you've been given by getting, by having the physical skills and abilities and the finances to have a horse, to be at a rodeo, to have the equipment, to have all of that. If you focus on, God, you gave me these blessings to be here. How can I use those blessings to bless somebody else today? Oh my gosh. When you start looking around and you can support other people, when you back in the box, it just gets to be fun. When you get down in the chute, you just get to be gosh darn, this is awesome. I already know I fulfilled my calling here today because I did something for somebody else. God, let's have some fun. I know you're here with me. Help me to compete to the best of my ability and let's let's do your work. Continue to do your work. Let's use this spotlight that you've given me 
through my skills, abilities, and talents, and hard work, and, and this passion that you've given me, to if you need to shine a light on me so that I can take that light and shine it on others, because people will be attracted to me, and when they're attracted to me, I can share your message, and I can be kind to them, and I can pick them up, and I can help them on their journey. It is so much better, and that is what will keep you going, whereas if you are focused on yourself, you will get so beat down, beat up, confused, frustrated. You will lose friends. You will lose money. You might win all of the things, but in the long run, emotionally, you will be so drained and you will want to quit and you will not want to do it anymore because the pressure is too high because you're focused on things of this world and not of the calling that God put on your heart when he placed you in this rodeo world because it is your vessel. So that is, um, The last thing that I want to share is making sure that we let God lead us through this and that we utilize this as our vessel and that we let competition be fun. And definitely, again, put in all the hard work. I'm not dismissing that you still have to work your hiney off and put in the hours and all of that. I'm a competitor. I'm eight months pregnant right now, and I cannot wait to get back in the gym and get back on my horse and get to roping and doing all of the things and putting in the time so that I can go to those places and compete, but more importantly, that I can go to those places and spread his word because I know when I do that, when I'm doing it for the right reasons, the worldly prizes will come. He will use me in ways that I could have never imagined because he already has. So, um, that's all that I have for today on transitions. If you guys have any questions about that, if if you have a if you're in a situation or you have a child or you're a parent and or you are a kid or or whoever that is just like, gosh, wow, like I need to talk to her more about this. Like I'm struggling in this department. I need a little bit more help. How do I how do I regain my focus on making sure that God's in the lead? How do I realign my family? with that kind of mentality. How do I do that? That sounds really hard, but it sounds like it's what I need to do. Please reach out. Let's talk about it. I'm here to help you. Um, I'm here to support you. I am not a pastor. I am not a minister, but I do love the Lord and I do know how much of a difference it's made in my life. And I'm happy to share those with you. I'm happy to be that person, that mentor. If you are making a transition to a new association. We do have a very large network here at Rodeo Kids and uh, through the Performance Pony Company. So if you are looking for somebody to help guide you in um, the direction in your area that you need to go so that you can level up or you can transition into a new association or organization, reach out. We can put a post on Facebook. We can send an email out. We can make some phone calls and we can find somebody who's willing to help you navigate help you navigate that transition and getting set up in whatever it is that you are pursuing next. So we are here to support you. We want to see you succeed. Guys, this is for you. It's not for us. We love rodeo. I love rodeo. I love this way of life. I believe that this is what God has called me to do. So I'm doing it for those reasons, but I'm not doing it for any kind of selfish gain. I'm doing it because I believe this is what God is asking me to do. So please make that connection. Take the phone, make the phone call, send the email, whatever it is. Let's work together to help you get where you want to go. Close up today's podcast. I would love to say a little prayer for everyone um, as you navigate these transitions. So Lord, thank you so much for every one of the people who are listening to this podcast, whether it be when it is first released or 10 years down the road. Thank you for bringing them here. I hope that 
um, there was a message that they needed to hear today from you, Lord. I pray that you use Rodeo Kids and myself as a vessel to spread the message that you needed to spread uh, to keep people interested and, and to motivate people and to help direct them and guide them uh, on the path that you have for them, Lord. And I pray that you just help every one of us realign with your purpose for us and that you that we look for you in the transitions and that we don't try to take on everything on our own all the time. And, but instead, Lord, that we turn to you and, and we ask you to guide us and to give us that direction. And um, Lord, that we, we trust that gut feeling, that God feeling, that burning desire that you put deep down in our stomachs, the, the one that makes our heart beat a little faster, the one that puts a lump in our throat because it's so scary. But Lord, when, when we feel that, we know it's you. And Lord, I just pray that you help us turn that fear of the unknown into the excitement of what you have in store for us. Because Lord, when we have that feeling, we know that it's you saying, hey, Sister, brother, daughter, son, I've got you. I've got you. This is the way I want you to go. And I am here to hold your hand through this. And Lord, for the families out there, for the parents, I just pray that you help guide them as well and that you help them to navigate this world and and not for the short, quick, um, worldly glory and and limelight and fame and buckles and and the things that get dusty, Lord. But instead, I pray that they're able to utilize this vessel that you have given us that we love that still prays that still honors the flag and that who still who still prays for our our people across the seas um who are protecting this country lord i i pray that you help those parents not get caught in the trap of focusing on short term satisfaction and success but lord that they take this opportunity to teach their kids about community, about hard work, about you and about what happens when we're kind to others and when we we focus on our competition for the time that we need to focus on our competition and Lord that we take the rest of that time to glorify you and to do your work and to enjoy it because Lord you don't want us to be stuck up snobby tight people. You want us to enjoy life and to come together as a community and support one another and be generous um with our time, with our finances, with our love. So, Lord, I just pray that you help us all, all navigate this with you in the lead and that we trust you to bring us the prizes and the glory and everything that we need to, to shine a light on us when you need so that we can take that light and we can turn it on other people, Lord, uh, because we know those worldly things only last for 15 seconds and then they just go on the shelf. So help us to continue to spread your word, your glory, and keep you in the lead. Thank you. And I just pray for every single one of them. Uh, who is listening to this and to have safe travels. Good luck and God bless while chasing their gold buckle dreams with you in the lead. Amen. Again, thank you everyone for tuning in to the Rodeo Kids podcast today. Don't forget to head on over to rodeokids.com backslash join now to get started on the Rodeo Kids ambassador team which will officially get started on February 1st, 2024. Have a great day, everybody.